Hello, and welcome wow, to another episode of... You. <laughs> you ruined my intro, damn it! You're the only person who's ever done that! <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> it noti- the, dude, the Zoom notifies you. It's like, hey, this is being recorded. That's the first time I've ever heard that before, bro. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm just going to leave it in to make you look bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> All right, I can make myself look bad. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Welcome to the Christian Reeve podcast. Today's guest is a fellow voice actor and voiceover artist, Mr. Jonathan Crane. This has been in the works for some time. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, brother. After I ruined your intro, <laughs> it's good to hear the official intro now. <laughs> I'm doing all right, brother. How you feeling? I, I know we uh, we set this up a, like a while ago, Ooh, and uh, you reached out to me. I know we we've been kind of back and forth for a little bit, and when you finally reached out to me, like, hey, you know, do you want to you know step foot on the show? I was like, you know what? Sure, why not? Let's uh, let's have a sit down and chat for a second. You know what's interesting about this, actually is um so for those obviously well none of you guys will know this me and jonathan yeah connected some some time ago uh probably through reddit that's where most magical things happen and uh yeah we just got chatting didn't we and then we did a video call and obviously i learned a little bit about you as well and then i sort of followed what you were doing online and kind of seemed like a no-brainer to me like yeah i should invite him on the show it'd be a good conversation um it's always kind of nice to to interview or have a discussion with like a fellow actor. Cause it's like, for anyone that's not aware, like this is the, the career I'm pursuing. And I don't know, I just find it interesting to see like how other people are going about that. And like where I suppose, cause everyone has like a different story as far as like how they got into this, how they were introduced to this, et cetera. Um, so I guess what I'd like to start with is like, what was your introduction to voice acting? Like where did it begin for you? Well, what was interesting, right? It's like most kids. Uh, you, you sit here and you're watching, like, you know, your Saturday morning cartoons and you're hearing, you know, uh, Sonic or, or, in my case, you know, Goku or everybody else. And you're hearing the voices of, like, Giles White, you know, uh, Sean Schemmel, Chris Abbott, and you're hearing all these voices, but they're coming from the characters, right? And you're like, hey, that's, that's awesome. That's the voice of this person, that's the voice of that person. And then when you start like looking into things, you're like, oh, there's an actual actor behind it. You know, you start growing up and realizing these, you know, the, the characters aren't real; they're just cartoons. And uh, you're what like, you hey, you know, I want. <laughs> what, like, what do you mean? What? Like, and you start learning about these people, right? Yeah. And it's like it became something different, where I wanted to sit here and now do exactly what it is that they do which is like uh, you hear some of these like long drawn out speeches and stuff like that and it impacts so many people in so many different ways and when you sit down and really start thinking about it you're like that's that's acting like that's what that is that's hitting the core and soul of it that's what i want to do i was like let's let's sit here and change somebody's world or perspective even if it's just one person i was like that's kind of how i want to go about it but, the, you know, then people ask you, well, why don't you just be a, uh, a regular actor? And I'm like, eh, I'm not that pretty. <laughs> right? I'm not that okay, pretty. Well. And uh, 
We got the voice. You know, everyone's always says, oh, you know, you have a voice and it's a good voice. So it's like, all right, like most kids, you start off with like a little bullshit US meme. Can I, am I, am I allowed to curse? <laughs> yeah, I swear. I'm sorry. Swear like a fish if you want, man. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Never understood yeah, that expression, swear like a fish. Like... <laughs> fish swear? What? I've heard drink like a fish before. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you start off with a little bullshit US me bike and, and uh, you know, you just start graduating from there. Hopefully you start graduating from there. You're looking into like upgrading equipment, taking classes and all this other stuff. I will say a couple of things there. You said, oh, I'm not good looking enough to do that. That's bullshit. Very handsome, man. <laughs> Secondly, and this is what someone said to me years ago, and I think this is very true. It's not about being good looking. It's about having a distinctive look or a look that can be molded yeah. one of the two so to take someone from okay this is not from the acting sphere but you know who kate moss is the uh, the model right yeah a, lo a lot of people have theorized that the reason why she's so successful in, in that particular endeavor is because if you look at like all of the different modeling photos of her over the years like it's lots of different looks like she's she can be molded like clay almost and then kind of I suppose from an acting perspective, that's like really, really useful. You know, if you've got an actor that can do that, like a Johnny Depp, for example. Um, but then other people obviously have like a particular look that maybe lends well for, let's say, villain characters or maybe a particularly heroic look. So they get more, you know, heroic characters. <laughs> but like the point is it's a distinctive look. So don't discount yourself, brother. I mean, a lot of the videos I've seen you do when you get really intense and you get into it or some of those promo shots you do, I'm like, this you, guy has got something. <laughs> you you really have to. And you know, like that's that's the other thing. Somebody had brought it up to me one time. They're like, and like you see in the comment sections, like some of my videos, bro, what's with the face? Or you really get into character. I'm like, well, well yeah, dude. Yeah. Like that's... That's what acting is. You have to get into character. You know, if your character is angry, be angry. If your character is sad, be sad. You know, it's that's the one thing that always stuck out in my mind. Uh, somebody sat here and like told me, if you're going to act, don't pretend to act. Mm. Actually act. You, you know, it, it's when you're doing voiceover work and that's the biggest misconception with a lot of things. Oh, well, you're a voice actor. You're not a real actor. That's not true. That's really not that true. You have to get into your, your emotions. You have to get into your feelings. You have to be able to be vulnerable to the world and show the world exactly what it is that you have while acting. But at the same time, be able to disconnect that when you're not, uh, doing a scene or, or you're, you're not, you know, actually performing, whatever it may be. So this is something I'd love to kind of explore with you, this theme of comparing actors to voice actors and, and how, you know, there is, there is kind of various misconceptions and there are, I would say, stigmas attached to it in a sense that, you know, when you see a regular actor, they obviously get the kind of applause and, and respect they deserve. But like, a lot of voice actors don't and a lot of voice actors particularly some of the best voice oh my god hundreds of characters like some of your favorite fairy favorite characters and to be honest look you know i could say as a fellow voice actor and you know correct me if i'm wrong here because i know you've been doing it a lot longer than me but I, I approach it the same way i do like regular acting where you have to put a lot of research in as far as 
um let's say like if it's an act accent you have to kind of spend a long time mastering that like i've been spending a long time mastering american accents and i'd say it's only really in the last year or so that i've actually made some real significant progress where it's actually at a point that i think is usable and, and doesn't sound like a guy trying to do an accent you know what i'm saying like there, there's there's a tip point point where it's like okay now this is yeah this is actually and it what's what's so interesting about accents is and uh like i had a conversation about this with somebody else is okay yeah you can do an accent that that's cool and that's fine mm. but you also have to remember there's also regional accents to where yep. you're actually going from and it's the same thing here in the united states you know so like uh i currently live in new york mm -hmm. so i can sit here and, you know do like the whole brooklyn accent if i really wanted to which is what typically a lot of people think when you sit here and say oh you know put on the little new york accent but even then that's a little bit too thick uh, but it's the same way with you go down to the south. They sit here and sound a little bit more relaxed, a little more slow down. Like, all right, like we're going to sit here and do this, you know? <laughs> and it depends on exactly where you are and where your point's from. But it's not even so much about doing an accent. It's now can you act in that accent? Can you mm -hmm. make it believable? Right. That's the other point. So, yeah, you know, like uh, my grandmother's from Ireland, right? So oh, wow. it's, you know, I can sit here and do, you know, a little bit of the old Irish brogue, and that's, you know, nice and fine and dandy. But the problem is, can I sit here and put on a convincing voice or a fake convincing act for it? <laughs> right? And even then, there's going to be one of your Irish listeners going to be like, bro, that was terrible. Don't ever do that again. Well, <laughs> see, see, th but there's a thing. There's an interesting thing because it's like there's the Irish-American accent, which is kind of like an amalgamation mm. of the two best example i can think of is uh if anyone's ever played well most most of us played uh, gta 4 there's a few characters in that that are of irish descent or they've like emigrated from <laughs> ireland and they and they've got that kind of nice kind of i don't know like a pastiche like a mixture of both and it's it's interesting um because that you you find that a lot you spend enough time in the country and and you will begin to adopt elements of that or like it happened to me when i moved to europe like my english accent was changing a little bit because i was spending so much time speaking another language that when i would speak english obviously i would tend to speak slower because if i spoke at the normal sort of rate that i would in english it would be like a bit a little bit too much you know you, you kind of have to dial it back a little bit um it's interesting i don't know but, uh, but I, I it, it's it's funny because like uh, with me I'm very susceptible, so I'll sit down and I'll talk to somebody, and the longer I speak to somebody, the more I pick up on their cadences, how they say particular words. Mm -hmm. So uh, then it's when I'll sit here and be like, okay, cool, this is how this person speaks, and uh, in order to I guess cross that that you know lingua franca, you know the the language bridge. All right, you start, you know, connecting with somebody else on, on a whole different level um, when you're able to speak uh, their version or their way of language. Uh, there is a better way of saying it, I guess. Right now, we're seeing a lot of major actors take on quite prominent voice acting roles. I think the best example of this would, in most recent years would probably be Bradley Cooper taking on... I can't for the life of me think of the name of the the role, but in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the raccoon that's, character. Uh, Rocket Raccoon. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, he's got the best gig ever. One of the biggest movies and the biggest franchises. And he just, he's in the booth the whole time. Lucky kid. But anyway, um, I reckon that roles like that are kind of, let's say showcasing voice acting in a bit, in a much bigger way. But I guess my question to you, which I really want to explore with you is why do you think that voice actors don't get the same level of respect that regular actors get? What is it that makes people think like, oh, this is in no way comparable or it's, or it's not acting as you kind of outlined earlier. What's the difference? I can only guess. And it's more over maybe you're not in front of the camera the entire time and that you're lending your voice to a, uh, for essentially an inanimate object or an inanimate character and a figment of somebody else's imagination is really what it comes out to be. But you're not uh, on screen. You're not, you know, performing the stunts or doing all this other stuff that a normal traditional actor would. So you don't have that physical connection with the person that has that voice. So like, for instance, Bradley Cooper, he's been in a lot of amazing movies, you know, uh, The Hangover, Limitless, and it just goes on and on and on with him. But now uh, when you're sitting here saying, Oh well, Bradley Cooper plays Rocket Raccoon. You're you're hearing a voice from a character, but the only reason you know it's Bradley Cooper is because a his name's in the credits, and you're like, oh, I, I like how that guy sits here and sounds. Where he's like, oh yeah, you know, like you know, it's that's oh, that's Bradley Cooper. That's amazing. That's awesome. But you would never know if he was never on screen. You would never know who this guy was until you you know did a little bit of a Google search. That's an interesting point. I never really thought about it like that. You're right. I guess, I guess maybe there's like a sense of ooh, like relatability maybe more so if you can see a character on the screen and you can like, it's kind of like, yeah. the, I suppose, maybe not relatability, um, connection. There's you, you as the audience viewer member, you, you have you, more of a connection. You're not seeing that person. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I think that's what it is. It's, it's the actual connection to the person. Interesting, interesting. Do you know, such a At great answer. That's, that's I'm just my. No, it's I think just my thought process. Anyway, no, you're you're on the money because it's so true. Like yeah, every time I've looked up a, like when I found out Mark Hamill played the Joker years ago, I was like, oh wow. Like you know, I didn't. I I, I mean, I know it's well known now, but like back in the day, I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, that's mad. The guy who played Luke Skywalker what? is also plays Joker. What? Yeah. Well, and you know what's funny about that, right? Is like you looked in him because you know again that's the same thing I did when I was younger. Yeah. You look him up and you're like, oh, cool. Luke Skywalker plays the Joker in the Batman. And you're like, hold on a second. That's not Luke Skywalker. That's, that's Mark Hamill. You, right. like, you know, you start making these uh, connections with previous characters they've already done. And that's mm. the craziest thing in the world. It's crazy as well, because I think controversial, but I think his performance as the Joker was better than his performance as Luke Skywalker. Even, th even though... Um, Luke, <laughs> Luke Skywalker is an iconic character. I just feel like he really defined the Joker role. I don't know. It's just something about that role, well, I, like the way he did it was he, particularly special. Maybe it's just because, I, I don't know, I'm a mark for like voice acting. I love it. I think it's amazing as, as an art form. It, it's, it's, it, it's funny because like 
certain people, and and that's what's so magical about voice acting, right? Mm. Is that you sit here and you take something from someone's imagination that's never had a voice in its entire time before, or it's only a voice that you hear when you're reading the comic or the book, whatever it may be. And here comes an amazing voice actor, and he adds that extra layer of depth to something that you never thought of before. And that's what's so special. They're able to sit here and actually bring to life a character you've only read about or thought about or imagined about. That's what's amazing about it. And that's what makes, you know, good voice actors separate from, you know, the great ones or your regular voice actors from good voice actors. It's that extra level of understanding the the character and actually making it real. That's what's so special about it. Dude. And that's like how any uh, any actor does anything. Mm-hmm. But you're not doing it with your body. You're you're just literally doing it with your voice. I I couldn't agree more. This is why I I always make sure to to talk about how they are different. I, I consider them completely different things. I know it's acting. They're both acting, but it is you approach it so differently. Like my process for on screen acting versus voice acting is a to- totally different. Um, I I could wage it. I wouldn't even. <laughs> I couldn't even really say that like voice acting is easier because it's not. It's just it requires different things from you. Well, it, it really does because it's like, okay, cool. How do you sit here and portray that you're angry uh, at somebody without an actual visual, a visual representation of being angry? Well, most people's thoughts process of, oh, well, let's just get angry. Well, what do, what do people do when they get angry, right? They raise their voice. They sit here and start screaming and all this other stuff. Let, let's, let's draw that back a little bit, right? Uh, and let's pull back the curtains. Uh, anger has many different levels, right? Mm. Are you are you angry because you're embarrassed? Are you angry because you're sad? Are you angry because you're so furious that you actually start crying? So now are you crying and you're sad or are you crying because you're angry? There's different levels that you can't show from a voice actor that you have to be able to try and portray. There's a book I was reading recently, um, which is by Michael Caine. It's called a, F- a film in acting or acting in film. And it's basically taken uh, from when he did a bunch of lectures at the BBC in like the 80s, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, point is they were taken and put into a book and the book has a lot of good lessons, I would say, for actors. Um, and when he's talking about his performance in Educating Rita, he had to like portray a drunk, right? Like a tragic drunk. And he, he commented on this, which I found this really interesting. I just wanted to share in this conversation now is this idea that like a lot of the time when you're told like, okay, be angry, be play someone who's drunk. Like a lot of people flail, they, you know, they're all over the place, aren't they? They're just like throwing their arms up and stuff. And sure, people can be like that when they're drunk. But actually a lot of the time, when you're drunk, you're trying to hide it. You're trying to, you know, like, oh no, I'm fine. Like I'm not actually drunk. Like, and you're, do you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's more like subtlety in it. And if you play it like that, it's more convincing. Of of course, because you know, most people, it's just like, you know, you sat here and said, most people think, you know, like I'm, I'm not drunk. You're the one who's drunk. Okay. Don't sit here and tell me that, that I'm drunk. Right. But that's not true. You have your fully functioning alcoholics that can actually do an entire thing. Or you have the guy, you know, who's sitting there who's like, you know, drinking in the corner. 
And he's just like, uh, yeah, 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 no, I'm, 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 I'm good, I'm good, bro. Yeah, mm. no, I'm good. Not everybody talks with like that, 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 that slur and slowed down speech and like, hey, buddy, what's going on, man? It's, it's everybody has a different way of doing things. I think what it's you breaking said, though, down the preconceived notions. That plus what you said before about identifying what the source of the emotion is. Does it come from anger? Uh, sorry, does it come yes. from? Uh, is the anger coming from a place of injustice or annoyance? Or because yeah, you've got like various different levels, haven't you? Like, and also you can be a little bit and, drunk, or you can be really drunk, or you can, you know, there's levels to this. And 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 that's the entire thing. Like, well, why are you drunk? Are you drunk because you're at a party? Are you drunk because you know you're at a pub or a bar? Or are you drunk because you're at home? And you're sitting here drinking the entire time because you're trying to forget something that happened. Right. There's yeah. levels of being drunk. There's levels of emotions. There's levels of acting. And that's what a lot of people don't get or understand or can't really hit that nail on the head. There's different levels to different things. I think it might have also been Michael Caine or one of his contemporaries that said something like acting is more about reaction rather than you know acting like i think a lot of people when they think of acting they think okay i've got to pretend to do this thing and it's like it's true but actually acting is more real than you think you're drawing on and again this depends on your school of thought whether it's adler or stanislavski or whatever your method is at the end of the day you're drawing mm -hmm. from a place of realness you're drawing from something and the differences and, and, between and those yeah go on and that's the key is it's the ability to be vulnerable right. with people and yourself. It's being able, being comfortable with showing people or the world or whoever your audience is, uh, you for essentially all purposes being you or being this character, being emotional, you know, and have all this stuff going on. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. You know, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That, that's kind of the best way to explain it. We'll get into some of the stuff about your life outside of acting, but I just want to kind of focus on this one element because I find this interesting. Like sure. with some of the stuff in your life, like you, you're a man who's seen some shit, been through some shit. Let's put it that way. And, I, right. I've done a lot. Yeah. And I wonder, when it comes to acting, do you draw upon those experiences directly? Do you put yourself in a similar feeling? Like, what's your process for acting? Like, because I imagine it's a dangerous road. If you're drawing on, for example, places of trauma, experiences, moments, memories, that can be dangerous because you can lose yourself in that. You, you actually really can. And <clears throat> that's the moment where you're crossing that bridge or that barrier where it's like okay cool are, are you stepping into something that's like really traumatic for you or are you just hitting like you have to ride that fine line of being able to call upon it but stop at the same time so like i i've been through a lot in life you know uh i'm a military member where i was a military member and you know i've been overseas and i've done a lot of things and yeah you see a lot of different uh stuff is the best way to explain it and uh sometimes yeah you do draw upon the memories and uh that's when you're like all right cool let's let's take a moment 
back and let, let's 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 you know pump the brakes stop the record uh and let's let's just chill for a second like all right cool i'm getting too much in there other times uh i honestly just let it ride and doing this sometimes like somebody once uh in one like one of the videos like it's very cathartic just letting out all that rage and anger or screams mm. or whatever it may be right it is very cathartic because you're essentially performing therapy on yourself without realizing it by doing it through a a, a character right yeah. and it, it's kind of interesting sometimes you know uh it's a very kind of dangerous line to kind of ride but uh, if you can do it, you can do it, and uh, if you can't, you can't. But I think that's the part where it separates a lot of people. Like, can you stop that at a moment's notice? That that's you know what I'm saying. And like that's, even now, it, it's like uh, uh, you know the the one thing a lot of people can't do is like cry on demand. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's like, all right, cool. Uh, I have to get into that point where I can, but yeah. then it's easier for me to do it. Uh, it's not so easy for you know for others, and it's like okay, well, where is that coming from? <laughs> On that, I've I've done it a few times, but yeah, I'm the same as you. I have to get myself in that headspace. But something again, useful tip that I learned recently, same as what we were saying before about the, um, you know, dialing it down. Like if listen, if you're an actor and you're trying to make yourself cry, keep telling yourself, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Don't don't cry. Yeah. Reverse psychology, because that's exactly what you do a lot of the time when you <laughs> when you when you were gonna cry. You you try hold it back, don't you? Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people let it out as you should, but generally speaking, you probably want to keep it in because it, it <laughs> crying doesn't tend to happen at like a convenient time, does it? It happens whatever mm, like no. something horrible has happened, and you're like, oh, or maybe something beautiful has happened, and you're just trying to keep it in. The point is, you generally Please. speaking are trying to keep it in. So. The it, it reminds me like my uh, my son just graduated fifth grade right and it just reminded me of something. Well, thank you, thank you. You know, he he's a good boy. He he's doing everything he can. Uh, there was a woman there, like a mom, and she was like doing one of these things. She's like, you know, face. She's like, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, I I get it. She's she's not she she's crying or she's about to cry but it's not because she's angry it's because she's so elated she's so happy that her child is is graduating yeah. right her, her her child is going to end and she's about to just break down in tears and i'm like you got to understand that where's that coming from she's she's just so elated so happy so filled with pride and joy that her child is graduating and you have to kind of like get that's not all crying is because you're sad. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to understand where is this coming from? That's the best way to do it. Or at least in my opinion, anyways. <laughs> you know, what do I know? No, I agree. I think a lot of about acting is understanding emotions on a, on a deeper level and, and understanding and what they mean. And that's why I asked you the question before about knowing where, how to dial yeah. it back, where the line is. Cause this is tough, you know, sometimes like I was reading today, yeah. um, Tom Holland, who obviously famous for Spider-Man recently took on a role. I, I don't know what the role is, but it's some sort of series where he's got like long hair. And, um, in a recent interview, Zendaya, who's his partner was, basically saying that he was like hell to deal with for a year and instantly i was like okay so it's, it's method acting i suppose that like he was maybe like that but it made me think about you know method acting in general and 
what it means for those around us. And there's and there's different levels. I mean, you you hear about someone like Gary Oldman who can just switch it on and off and like during scene. And then there's other people who live in the character, uh, say like Ella Heath Ledger yeah. Joker, where they just live in it for like two weeks, and everyone around them's like, oh fuck this person, <laughs> like fuck. I, I I yeah, really right. I think the most famous uh, method actor is Daniel Day-Lewis. Right, amazing. Because he will just, he will spend uh, years researching a character, getting it. So like when he did Abe Lincoln, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He managed to find the only actual surviving voice recording of Abe Lincoln. And he modeled his voice after that. So it's like you have all these people and uh, their ways of doing things. But, you know, you have your Shia LaBeouf, you have your Christian Bales, Danny Day-Lewis, you know, Heath Ledger, where they get full-blown into character. Like even uh, Christian Bale with The Machinist, right? Mm. He got so bone-rail thing. I think he ate, like, an apple and drank a cup of coffee a day or something like Dropped that. Dropped down to 50 and kg. And shrank him down. Oh, it was terrible. And he looked like absolutely – he looked like a walking skeleton. Yeah. But that's how he that's how he does his acting, and some people agree with it, some people don't, depending on who you are and you know where your uh, headspace is for certain things. I gotta say, I'm of, the I'm of the thing. that's that's the direction I'm headed in because I I really I know it's bad. I just it's, I'm just being real with you. Like the way I see acting <clears throat> is it's at its best when it's as believable as possible. Like there's stuff that I see on screen sometimes and I'm just like, I don't believe you. I don't believe what you're trying to tell me. I don't believe that you're this, you're suffering or you're in this. And I feel like those actors that go that extra step and take those risks and really try to just put themselves into it as much as possible. That's why they get the accolades. That's why they get the, um, the applause because they really went for it and I feel like it's a great thing for life as well if you want to get the best out of life in whatever you do in life throw yourself fully in it be the best that you can be and you, and you know you get what you put in you, you, you know what is so funny about that is like um, even with voice acting I, I knew nothing about voice acting at all not a single damn thing and I went, uh, I have a habit of going down a rabbit hole. Whenever I want to sit here and find something, I have to find everything about this thing. So I went down this whole year-long rabbit hole about, you know, equipment and then uh, acting classes. And (laughs) a lot of people don't get, I I went, dude, it was a whole thing. I took Shakespeare. Like, I've never took Shakespeare in my entire life before, right? But now I'm, like, taking Shakespeare monologue classes and then improv classes and then acting classes. And I'm just like, like, there's a whole art form to all of this. And I just went down a whole rabbit hole for an entire year, fully submerging myself in this thing. And then it's like, all right, cool. Now what am I gonna do with it? And that's I just that's started, sensible. You know what? Yeah. I I just went off and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do videos. And I started doing the uh the voiceovers for the videos that I do now. And um it kind of just took off all on its own. And people started, you know, calling me and, and writing to me, like, hey, this is this and that's that. I, you know, that was amazing how you did that. And I'm just like 
I just wanted to do it for fun. You know, it's it's impacting certain people in certain ways, and it just got totally out of control. I'm like, all right, cool, but I'm that, just I'm having a blast with it. That's the reality as well. It's always at its best when it's enjoyed by the creator. Like I, when I look at like say my podcast or the 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 Patreon content I do, the Twitch streams. Even the acting I get to do from time to time. Um, I enjoy it more than I ever did in the past, I think, because my mindset is I want this to be the best that it can be because I don't get to do this for a living. I don't get to do this all the time. So when I do it, I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, I wish this got somewhere. I'll have those feelings. Don't get me wrong. But I'll focus on making it the best that it can be because I love it. I love this. I live for this. If I got to go and do that day job, fuck it, I'll do it. But like, while I'm here, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to make this the best thing it can be and put my heart and soul into it. And I think with acting, like I said before, it's, it's, that's when you get those best performances. Cause I think those people are more students of the craft. Like I look at someone like Joaquin Phoenix and I'm just like, there's, there's a guy who's trying to, recapture classic cinema in an age where it really feels like it's dying in many senses and don't get me wrong there are really ambitious filmmakers still out there there's people trying to do amazing things still but there's a lot of just yes 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 yes. that's the thing a lot of the industry is just how many people have you got following you what brat you know i'm saying like what it's it's a marketing machine and it's a business and but at the same time there are still those people like nolan still um films in the, in the classic way which i think i agree with that I, I think that's a better way to do it than everything digital but again it's preference you, you know, know what's so like amazing about that like uh when you brought up joaquin phoenix and, and doing uh acting in the classic style right yeah uh take it the, the 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 most recent movie that comes to mind is the joker where he or is todd phillips that directed it and uh it wasn't like this superhero movie it wasn't like explosions and things like that are all happening. This is, if you really break it down, it's a character study of what it, uh, of what a mental patient looks like according to him and his style and his way of doing things. And that was such a real subversive way. Like, is this really happening in his head or is this happening in reality? And being able to sit here and like, you're asking yourself that question as the, as the watcher or the viewer of this uh, cinema, of this art form, and it's just like, that's acting, man. Like, that was so amazing to watch. And it's so hard to sit here and, like, be able to really get into that headway or headspace and make it so believable. Like, is he really acting or is he just being himself? Like Robert Downey Jr. with Iron Man, right? <laughs> He's another one. Is he being himself or is he absolutely is he Robert Downey Jr. playing Robert Downey Jr.? You know what I'm saying? He, like, he was born for that himself? role. Even Stan Lee said it himself. <laughs> he is like, Iron Man. Is I believe absolutely it. Absolutely amazing. No one, that's, I don't think anyone exactly else could is. play it like quite like RDJ. I just can't see it. <laughs> no, he, he, he's amazing. He's been through his own ups and downs, right? Yeah. And he's, it's, I kind of feel like, you know, the best actors are the ones that have, you know, gone through like these Buffett. traumatic events. Well, I mean, if you, know, you look at, if you look at it real, like if you look at your life as it exists in this moment, you'll realize of the things that you've been through, whether or not you've had it tricky, whether or not you've had it difficult. To be honest, 
I started being better at the creative endeavors in my life when I actually like lived a little, you know, I, I used to suck like 10 years ago when I tried to like write a song and it, you know, it was like that, like, yeah, sure. I'd felt some things, but I'd not really suffered. And then years later I did suffer. And then I'm like, ah, oh, all right, now I got some shit to write about. <laughs> like, some real yeah, well, now, now you've lived a little. You you can get into that headspace, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's real, um, isn't it? It becomes real. It's it's no more are you uh, pretending, and that's where acting's at its best. And I know we're just who, who was uh, it was um, I think it was Henry Cavill, who like his parents are like, hey, you know. You, you, you've done a few things already that that's cool and that's fine and dandy but you haven't booked anything for years and years and years and i think it was like um if i remember correctly and i could be wrong it, he had told his parents like hey if i don't get like this next gig i'm just gonna you know go back to a normal nine to five and of course the phone call that he wound up you know sending the record a voicemail because he's playing you know world of warcraft was you know zack snyder for saying hey you want to be superman right so imagine getting oh do you know what i heard about that things you did you did you hear the story about that where apparently like he missed the call for superman because he was too busy playing world of warcraft <laughs> yeah, what a exactly, legend. right? It was too busy gaming with like, the boys. Absolute like, <laughs> legend, bro. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'll call him I'll call Snyder back later, man. He can wait. I'm, I'm too busy raiding. Like, I don't know who this is. I'll call you back later, bro. <laughs> I'm oh. busy. <laughs> Do you know, stories like that, though, like inspire me. Like, I've told this story before, but the, the guy from The Office um, that played, what's his name? Who was with Pam? Uh, Krasinski, you know, the guy I'm on about who was oh, in John Krasinski, John Krasinski. Yeah. So the story goes apparently yeah. that he was, he'd moved up to New York. He was, you know, typical story waiting tables for months and months and months. He got the, um, he, he promised his mum maybe that he'd be there for like two years or something. And if he didn't find anything, I'm coming home. That's it. It's done. And it's like the final months, it's not worked out. And he calls his mum and he says, yeah. hey, listen, it's not happening. Going to head home. See you soon. Right. And she's like, well, hang on. Just stay another month. And it's the classic, well, you do what you do, what your mum tells you. So you're just like, all right, I'll stay another <laughs> month. Fine. And then that is when he got the office. And even when they it, filmed the first season, they filmed the first season, he was still waiting tables and then boom, his life changed forever. So. And, and that's the craziest thing in the world is you're, you're chasing after this dream. Yeah. And I guess the moment uh, you stop chasing is when uh, I guess it comes to you. I, that's, I don't that's know, That's what they man. say, isn't it's it? It's so they, weird. They, everyone says that to me about like yeah, acting and love and you name it. And I'm like, but, but like, if I don't try, surely it won't happen at all. I can't just like sit and pray that <laughs> like, oh, I hope yeah, exactly. that a Hollywood script just gets delivered on my door. Uh, I, I hope I in. get noticed one day, you know, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah, you hear these stories as well, like classically, like, oh, they just found him on the street or found her on the street, picked her out of a crowd and she became a successful actress. And you're like, that shit doesn't happen. You know what? You know where that shit happens? I knew it. In that the moment, movies. That was the person I needed. It happens in the movies. <laughs> you know why? Because it's not real. <laughs> It's fiction. Because it's not real. It doesn't happen, bro. <laughs> All right. 
You have to try. Oh, you got to sit here and go out there and make mistakes. It's the best I can tell you, you know? Oh, my God. But, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely crazy just going down this whole roller coaster of things. Because, uh, like, you know, with um, social media, social media started uh, initially as, like, uh, you know, getting to know people, you know, crossing, you know, hey, I, I get to know you, you get to know me, and you follow your friends, and you follow people you may like. And then somehow, like, this changed into a whole marketing machine. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. Uh, how many viewers do you get? How many followers do you have? Uh, and, you know, are you able to sit here and now you're your own uh, company, essentially. You're yeah. your own, you're, you're, you are the product, right? So you now have to sell yourself and getting yourself out there. And it's so crazy because I had to sit here and learn that aspect of it as much as uh, anything else too because it's a marketing machine and i even took marketing classes on how to sit here and do that and i'm just like yeah but you're you have to find that fine line like okay cool are you being you am i being jonathan or am i being jonathan crane the voice actor the guy who screams into a microphone you know like i you, you gotta ride that line a little bit again you know do you want to who are you portraying to be or who are you pretending to be i i don't is the best way i consider and say it because like uh on the internet you can be anybody that's the issue you can literally be anybody anybody can be who you can be whoever you want to be reinvent yourself people do it all the time you know new master 69 you know what i'm saying you can you know or you know jk rowling simmons the third or whatever it may be it's you could be anybody but can you be yourself that's the craziest thing in the world you can no longer just be you anymore oh, so nuts. right there <laughs> yeah oh, here's another thing it's, if, it's in a nuts. world where you well in a world where you can be anyone would you want to be you <laughs> that's yeah question. really right if you could be anybody why would you be you i guess that is a, that is another way i would choose right? you though no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no no you're right you're on the money you're on the money it's it's one of those things where it's like you got i think you have to figure out what that looks like like one of the things i decided on when i started doing this was i chose to be authentic I chose because I just the reason why is I didn't want to play a character, ironically. Um, I didn't want to like put on a persona that I'd have to keep up. And then I don't know if I ever got fans, for example, I wouldn't want to have to like put on this persona 24 7. So I was like, oh, it's easier if I just be me. And then I, you know, if I'm not at 100%, then it's just me in a bad mood. It's not me not being this character, <laughs> you know? Um, What's. Um... The, the thing about like, uh, so with like even the stuff that I put out, right? I, I do favor one particular platform over the other. So like I, I have a TikTok and I have an Instagram. Um, I favor Instagram just a little bit more because I get to, you know, show people the, the behind the scenes looks at certain things, you know, uh, for me going to the gym or me editing or whatever it may be. That you just can't achieve on a platform like TikTok. And I like that little, you know, interaction sometimes of just behind the scenes, you getting to see me for who I am instead of just, you know, me doing a voiceover for something. Uh, you get to see me hanging out sometimes. Like I'll post pictures of like my kids every once in a while, but it'll be like in a story and like it goes away like 24 hours or whatever it may be, you know, cause you don't know who's on the internet half the mm -hmm. time. 
But um, yeah, I, I like that little behind the you know curtain peek. You know, who's Jonathan? Well, he, he goes to the gym every day. He, he sits there and edits his stuff. He sits down. He wakes up. You like you know what I'm saying? Hangs out. It, it's being able to show just enough of you, but not enough of you. I it's weird to sit here and like put in the words. I guess. No, I I get what you mean. Um, yeah, it's. I, I say this recent. Um, said this recently in a stream that you know you sometimes have to be careful with like the parasocial relationships thing and just make sure that you establish like I'm here to entertain, to perform. You get, as you say, like a, a sneak peek every once in a while, but that's it. Like I'm, you know, you draw the line. Yeah, I, I recently, what I think annoyed me, um, I put up a thing, uh, for, Oh, and and June, it's a Gay Pride Month in June uh, mm -hmm. for uh, America, for the states, right? And you know, uh, I know I have a lot of people in the community. I know a lot of friends in the community. Mm -hmm. I have so much fun with them, and um, I put up my support for it. You know, I'm like, hey, yeah. you know, the the you know, it's it's Gay Pride Month, the whole nine yards. And somebody messaged me privately. I'm not gonna say who this person is. They're like, hey, hey, yo, that that that's that's not that's not cool, man. I'm like, are you gay? I didn't even bother answering that question yeah. because I'm just like, how close minded could you be to something like that? Like I, I put up my support. It doesn't matter if I am or am I not. Uh, I put up my support for something and you're, you're like, Oh, you know, well, I may have lost potentially a fan because I support something. I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, dude, I'll see you the fuck later. That, that's I didn't even bother answering that question. I just let it left it uh, in like my request mailbox or some nonsense yeah. like that. And I think that's the and best I, response, like, dude, you know. It's like, like, dude, I, I don't know, man. It's just so weird. I forgot what I was going on about. <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean. Oh, like, you got, you got to show your support for things and stand your ground. And yeah, sometimes people aren't going to like that. You know, sometimes people aren't going to support that. Like case in point, um, I posted some stuff about like men's mental health before. And I know there's a lot of dudes that are like, that's weak. Guy talks about his feelings, da -da 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 -da, weak. And I'm like, well, listen, I think it's better that a man talk about his feelings and is still here alive on this planet then uh you not doing it you and... know what is you know what's that's so interesting that you sit here and say that because coming from um uh being in the military itself right right uh there's a lot of you know keep that emotion and keep that kind of shit to yourself you know what i'm saying like nobody wants to hear all that stuff and even now i, I still kind of do it every once in a while but uh no like dude as far as men's mental health you you have to let it out because you're inundated in an entire society where men have to be strong and this and this well i guess you know times are changing now you know uh you don't have to be so strong anymore no but, do you know uh, i think i think you know, i think the difference is not that like you don't have to be strong anymore i think the difference is that because think about it generate the war generation for argument's sake right those men desperately needed to be able to sit down and be able to talk about these things, but you know, whatever society culture wouldn't allow for it, but they needed that. They needed to like come to terms with everything. Cause it's not a, a thing that human beings should have to go through. You know, when I first came home, um, there's a phone call. I don't, 
uh, I'm not going to say the name of the program, but there's a phone call that you have to make when you first come home from like active war zones and stuff. And they're like, uh, it's a bunch of questions, you know, your name, your social, uh, do you have nightmares? Do you drink a lot? Uh, do, do you want to hurt yourself? Are you angry? Whatever it may be. And you have all these uh, questions you have to answer and answer truthfully. Well, you hopefully you answer truthfully or you're not just trying to rush this person off the phone. And it, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. No, I don't, I don't drink. I don't get angry. It, it's not my deal. And then uh, when you have to do that phone call like three or four or five times, you're like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, now I'm getting angry. I like having to answer the same questions over and over and over again. But it, it's like, here's an opportunity to help yourself get through something. Mm. And, you know, uh, me being the typical, you know, guy at the time was, uh, yeah, no, I don't need help. I'm good. I don't, I don't need to talk about my feelings, you know. You know? Right. Nobody wants to hear about my feelings. Uh, nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants to hear that. And uh, now I'm in a uh, art form where you have to show your feelings, which is you know very weird, right? Yeah, the irony is not yeah, lost on me, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very different, man. It's very, very different. It's uh, be able to sit here and show, I guess, your your feelings. Just uh, talk if you have to talk. Don't be afraid to talk. You know, even now I hit up some of my friends and I'm like, hey. You know, you don't need to call me just to sit here and like, cause you need something or you want something. You, yeah. you need a call just to sit here and chat, you know, Hey, don't worry about it. You know, chill out. I just think it's important for dudes to be able to do this. I don't think it makes you weak at all. I think that, I don't know. There's this, it's, it's just somehow different as, and, and I will say this, I do understand for a lot of guys as well. Like society tells you one thing, but then what you receive is something very different. Um, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, it's almost that weird thing of like, yeah, you can come out and talk about your feelings, but it's just going to be used against you. And like, my personal opinion is I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't feel like any less of a man by talking about my feelings. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, I've had friends who've, taken their lives and stuff. And I feel like if they'd have been able to talk more and be more open i feel like they'd probably still be here you know and that's the way i look at it you know i look at it more from that you, perspective. you know you, you you would hope so at least uh, you know if at least they had an ear to talk to or, right. or to listen in, in reality you know yeah and, and i um, get every guy is different like i understand that like you know like i understand about myself like i'm more of like a sensitive guy i've always been like that but like Maybe not every man is like that. I understand, but uh, you can still like chat with your mates, crack a beer, and be like, "Hey, you good?" Nah, I don't know. All right, let's just shoot the shit. <laughs> and then, but no, but like you know, being able to just shoot the shit with your buddies, just as an example. Like, I feel like it's, you know, it's it's a good thing. Even even if like nothing comes of it, as far as like it doesn't solve the problem or whatever. It's like I don't like that's how I understood the concept of, of empathy right was that it was not about mm -hmm. trying to solve the problem it was just about like being able to relate to someone and be like hey yeah i understand how that feels i get it like and you're not alone in like that. that's even like a thing that i have a problem with uh mm. myself right now is uh being able to empathize right. uh, with a lot of people and uh the reason i say that because uh, and you know my missus she's the one who told me you know stop to do something because i always compare uh, myself to other people mm -hmm. well 
when I was down and when I was out, this is what I did, right? And or uh, I hold myself to a higher standard, and you know, suck it up, Buttercup, and the whole nine yards. And, and the missus was like, "Well, babe, you got to understand, not everybody is you. Not yeah. every you you can't hold people to the same standards that you hold yourself. You know, people are very different, and everyone's different." And she's like, "That's not fair to the other person." Yeah, if it's uh, that makes sense or that's better mm. for you, you know, and uh, slowly but surely, you know, uh, like anything else, you know, the missus is right, you know, so it's like, <laughs> all right, cool. So it's like uh, you got to sit down and sometimes just listen to somebody else, just talk, and it's not about them looking for advice. It's them. I just need an ear to listen. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, again, you say you know can't empathize but hey listen that's 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 the whole point of empathy right there i mean you lay you literally laid it out right there you know like i can think yeah. of so many conversations i've had where like, i felt like in my head like this is pointless all i'm doing is going yeah oh i'm so sorry that it's like that like i'm like how is this helping <laughs> like if someone was there with me but again like you said what works for you or what's right for you is different for them. Like maybe for them having someone there being like, Hey, it's going to be all right, buddy. It's going to be okay. Maybe that is what you need to hear. I, I don't know. I suppose it really depends. Sometimes people just need to, you know, let it out and just have somebody they can just talk to or talk at, I, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah that's. As I, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to walk a little bit through sort of your life outside of acting. Um, because I feel like, well, first of all, it's interesting. And secondly, I feel like it does kind of shed an interesting light on, on your, obviously your decision to then get into acting and then like using, using what you've learned from life and channeling that into your performances. So uh, let's just start with your military career. What would you say were your biggest kind of lessons and takeaways from your time in the military? It, man, it's a tough one. Jeez, the biggest lessons... <laughs> Um, the biggest thing I could sit here and say as far as that is everybody's responsible for themselves. That, that's, the, that's something I learned on that aspect. Uh, you can try as much as possible to help somebody, but ultimately it's up to them to sit here and want to change or to want to do something. Like It's ultimately up to you. And, and that's something I feel, I feel very strongly about is this is one of the biggest things I learned. It's either you do it or you don't. You, you put yourself into it or you don't. And it's so interesting to learn that because it's no longer like uh, everything's in your hands if you can put it up to that. Even the things that go through uh, your your hard times. Well, how are you going to get over that hard time, right? How are you going to get over that that mistake that you made or that you know unfortunate traumatizing? How are you going to get over it? How, how are you going to deal with it and move on from there? That's something I learned directly from being in the military, is to be a stronger person as yourself. Just be you, but be a, a stronger version of you. I guess is to sit here and, and best way to sit here and say it while still you know being able to go about your business and go about your day like uh, even when i first came home you know uh, i found it so hard to deal with so many people just talking about so many things uh, oh you know i had my test today and it, you know it was really hard it was really stressful and i'm like oh 
uh, is it as stressful as being in a war zone? Uh, no, right? All right, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you're enjoying it, right? No, I, All right, I, I that's terrible. Oh, my, you know, my my job at, at you know, uh, not knocking anybody, but, you know, my job at McDonald's or whatever it may be, I had to deal with this rude customer. Oh, where are you getting shot at? No, no? Uh, all right, yeah, 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 it's terrible. Yeah, no, no. I, I found it so hard just to deal with people on a regular basis. And it's something I had to get through <laughs> dealing with that. You know, I'm no longer like that now. And I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, like, I, I get it. You know, but uh, being in the military is like so uh, life altering and changing. It, it makes you responsible for you is the best way I can sit here and say, you know, you're no longer uh, holding anybody else accountable for, you know, your own actions. It, it's you. You're responsible for you is the best way I can sit here and say it. You want to go out and achieve something? Get out there and do it. You know, you want to sit here and you may fail. And that's the other thing. You, you know, that's the other thing you're going to learn. You may fail and it's all right to fail. But uh, if you don't sit here and get out there and put yourself into that situation, you're never going to ever know. You, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the best way I can sit here and say you learn to be the strongest version of you where you can fall on your ass and get back up again. That's really, it's, it's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> I like that anyways. It's, it's all for me. Thanks for sharing, man. Uh, you were also a peace officer, is that correct? Sometimes? I was, yes, yes. I, I, I was a police officer, yes. And um, I, you know what's funny about that is like when I joined – uh, I did it because, you know, I wanted to help people, right? And uh, it was something that meant a lot to me. I wanted to help people and save people, you know, uh, you know, save people. You know, here I am, you know, the, the hero complex, right? Uh, no, I, I think that's a noble pursuit. I, I don't think there's anything <laughs> you know? wrong with, with wanting to be a hero. Like, Jim, that's and, a noble and, thing, uh, trying to help people. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. You know, I wanted to help as many people as possible. And uh, slowly but surely, I, I realized, you know, it, it's, it wasn't that. That's not what that was. And uh, I quickly fell out of love with it. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this isn't for me. I'm like, this is not what I'm about. This is not what I, I stand for and like. Because of like bureaucratic bullshit or, or just things you it, saw maybe yeah, you didn't there, agree with morally maybe or... The, well, first things first, I was going to tell you, there's a lot of things I saw that I didn't, just didn't agree with morally. Mm. Uh, the one thing that always sticks out in my head, um, you well, know, can, can uh, I ask as, as well, well, whereabouts were you a police officer? Because fun, fun fact, I've had a, a former police officer on the show from New York, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the NYPD, you know, okay, so yeah, it's, so... you know, one of the biggest names in police. Right. And um, there's a couple of things like the one incident that always sticks out to me is uh, we got a call one time of like these group of kids uh, inside of a building uh, of a, uh, a, a Home Depot parking lot. Uh, and it was just the kids playing football. Right. That's all it was. The store was closed. There was no cars in the parking lot, whatever it may be. They're just having fun tossing around a football. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock at night, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, you know? Okay, cool, I get it. Are they really supposed to be there? No, the store's closed. You're not supposed to be there, you know? Did they hop a fence? No, they didn't. The gate's wide open, you know? 
And uh, here comes like a bunch of other officers, and they just start taking their stuff and rifling through it. I'm just like, oh, hey, hold on a second. You're not, uh, you're not really allowed to do that. Are you stopping them? Are they under arrest? Or, or are you writing them a citation? Well, what are you doing? Like that's kind of against their amount. You're, you're forcing them to give them, you know, your, give you their property, and you can just open it willingly. I'm like, that's, that's not cool, man. That's not cool at all. Like, what are you doing? And then it brings in the question, well, why are you even here bothering them? Because I remember, like, it's like four or five cars pulled up, and it's just a bunch of kids playing football in a Home Depot parking lot. Are they breaking things? No. Are they being rowdy and loud? No. They're playing a game of football. Well, would you rather than sit here and uh, – oh, that's my alarm. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, would you rather them sit here and like you know be dealing drugs or selling drugs or taking drugs, right. or, or would you rather them be playing football in a Home Depot parking lot? Like I don't understand that concept. Like it, here's a group of kids doing absolutely nothing wrong except being you know in a parking lot after hours, you know. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, are they bothering anybody? No. But here you are busting their balls because you got a call to go through there and then now you're you're rifling through that's not open take it's not open season to rifle through their stuff to go through their things uh are you have any reason to do that no and you see it happens more often than you think where you can sit here and uh get somebody on these uh question traps mm. and uh you know like i can even do it now i, I could still do it uh, you, you talk to somebody and it's like leading somebody down a line of questioning where right. you want them to get an or you want an answer from them, uh, but you want them to say an unwilling, like, well, what were you doing? Why are you here? Why is this? Why is that? Who brought you here? Well, you know, how long have you been here for? And you, you, it's a very kind of like tricky way of doing things. And I'm just like, I, it's, I like to take people at their word for the most part. And I'm like, that, that's kind of doesn't sit right with me a lot of times. And uh, it, you see, it happens more often than you think. Getting somebody to say something that they didn't actually mean or getting somebody to do something they didn't actually do uh, or, or say or mean to do. It's so easy. And they teach you how to do it. That's the craziest thing in the world. They actually teach you how to do all this. And it's like, I, I really didn't like that too much and i did it for like seven years Wait, when did you, like, you when did you what? do it like what, what years were you a cop i want to say like 2016 2014 no it was 2014 that's what it was no never mind it was 2014 uh and then i officially uh got onto the streets like 2000 15 2016 like that around mm. that so i did it for like seven years and i'm just like uh i've kind of have enough of this because it starts changing you as a person and you you start questioning everybody's motives and the only friends that you have are cops and and you're just like uh, it, it's very taxing and Gee, drawing that's, on that's you as a point. person I, di I didn't ask the the other gentleman that i had that was a police officer probably should have asked him this too like how did people who weren't cops but were like did know you how, did they change their behavior towards you or like how were they oh yeah you? oh yes 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 then it was <laughs> uh, you know 
you, you have your friends, you know, who are, you know, of the unsavory type, you know, the friends you've known for like forever and a day. Yeah. And uh, you're like, oh, well, you know, well, hold on, hold on, you know, officer so and so is here now, and I'm just like, bro, I'm not even working right now to begin with. Just chill out with that. And then you start sure, getting but, paranoid too because. But okay, I gotta ask go though, like the whole off-duty cop thing. Like you still, if you see like a crime, like you still have to. You do yes, something, yes, you don't do. You? Yes, you do. Right, but yes, I, yes, I, I get do. it. If, if you're, you're like with if, your buddies and like maybe he got like a cake well, uh, that he shouldn't have had or something, and you're like, I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, I you're like, eh. I mean, your 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 little things. You're, you're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't be here. You know? Yeah. Like right. this looks like it's gonna get out of control. Let me not be here. But like your your overly like egregious things. You're like, uh, no, I have to actually do something about this. So it's like at that point you become even more ultra aware of your ooh, excuse me. <clears throat> of your surroundings, of your situations. Like, do I want to be in this situation? Do I not want to be in this situation? Do I want to associate myself with these type of people? That's a whole other thing to sit here and get involved with. And you're just like, it makes you hyper aware of everyone and everything. And you're like, well, this guy's got his hands in his pockets. All right, well, he could just have his hands in his pockets. Or he could have something in his pockets. You, you don't know, you know? Is he crude or is he a criminal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's either like, what is he doing? You know, or this guy's got his hood on. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. Well, he has his hood on. Or he has his hood on and it's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> you like, you start thinking about all these different things. And it's like, all right, cool. It just makes you really hyper aware of everybody. And then you start questioning everybody's motives. And that's, that's where you're like, um, I don't know, bro. What's that's, that, that's a little difficult. What's the like, craziest thing you ever saw as a cop? I don't know, man. There's a few things. There, there's a few things. Uh, I, I think the crazy... Wow, jeez, uh, I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one, dude. Cause uh, I I was uh, I was out during the riots for like uh, Eric Gardner and Freddie Gray and everything else like that. So I did that. Um, I was at a parade and somebody's hand got cut off. Oh my um, god! Yeah, that was one. Uh, there was one. There was a fire. Uh, and we we had to do something about the fire. There was that one. Um, there was uh, people getting the car accidents, fleeing from scenes, and like you're you're flying down, chasing those people down. Sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah, it's there's a lot. Um, the most standout one it was like uh, this when I first started. Uh, a woman had passed away in her own home, and uh, you get a call, and. Uh, you always know it's going to be like something because people are like, oh, well, uh, there's a really bad smell coming from this particular apartment. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. And, and it smells like rotting fruit. And you're like, oh, oh okay, cool. All right. You, you instinctively know, like, because again, from the military, I, you know, you've been around a few things. And you're like, all right. And this woman was there and she had passed out. And the way she had passed out was uh, half her body was on her bed. And then half her body was on the floor. Jeez. And uh, all and all the blood because now she's you know her her um, 
her heart, you know, and her uh, head are on the floor and everything else like that. So she's in like kind of like half on the bed, half on the floor. All the blood had, you know, pulled around her uh, head and in her and her face and her body. Yeah. And she turned purple. And I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. And, you know, you wait for the medical examiner and the EMTs. They do what they do because, you know, you're not allowed to uh, touch the body because uh, it could be a, potentially a crime scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, like, it's somebody, like, who's actively dying. Uh, or, you know, where you have to jump in and save somebody. Um, but, yeah, that, that was one thing. Uh, another thing is, like, I got a, like, I was coming back from doing something. And uh, there's a call of, like, a, a, a dead body in the street. And uh, I go to the person who called. I'm like, hey, did you call? Like, yeah, yeah, officer. I, I got to tell you something. There's a dead body in the street. And I'm like, no. Like, no, 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 no. There's no dead body in the street. Get out of here. You know, there's nobody around. There's nobody screaming. You didn't hear anything. And you walk over. You're like, oh, shit, there really is a dead body in, like, in the middle of the damn road. Like, oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, all right. Well, we got to get the ball wrong now. Like, I guess we got to sit here and do this and do that and do everything else that we have to do. It gets absolutely insane and absolutely crazy uh i've had people cry for help i've had people call for help uh i have people who didn't want help or uh, my personal favorite is uh the person uh sometimes people will call the police and then you'd have to arrest the person who called because they're you know you you determine through your own investigation that they're at fault they're like well i called you so uh how am i at fault that that's that's not how that works that's you have not to deal- how that works at all buddy <laughs> Do you have to deal with any Karens where they just called you like, oh, you know, oh, sto- yeah. Oh, yeah. Best Karen stories. Let's I, go. I, <laughs> the, the, the best one. Yeah, the best Karen story actually comes from a guy. Uh, I <laughs> What's a male over, Karen? Uh, yeah, it was a male Karen, right? The best uh, story Calvin. was from a guy. Uh, Calvin. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Calvin story. You know, don't, don't, don't spread that one around. Calvin. <laughs> Right, this uh, this uh, guy. I think uh, if I remember, like I pulled him off like a red light or something like that. It was something you know benign, and um, and uh, you know you go up to the license, registration, proof of insurance, please and thank you. You know you try and be polite as much as humanly possible, as much as the situation allows for it. Mm. And um, the guy's like, "Well, why are you pulling up?" I'm like, yeah, "I'll tell you as soon as you produce the documentation I've requested." You know, I'm more than willing to explain to you. And the guy's like, "Well." Uh, officer, uh, this is how you know they're going to be an officer. Uh, would you sit here and say that you get paid from the city, right? And I'm like, well, well, yeah, I do get paid from the city. And, and, and my, now, now I, I'm a hardworking individual and, you know, uh, I pay my taxes and I'm like, okay, very well. Well, would you, my taxes go to the city? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So would you say that, you know, my taxes pay your salary? And by extension, would you sit here and say, I'm kind of your boss? And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. No. I'm like, it's like, give me the documentation now. Now, now you're, you're kind of being a dick to me. Yeah. So now I'm going to be a dick to you. Right? I'm like, it's a shame, no, no, shame no. you can't really like just arrest someone for being a dick, can you? <laughs> but, like, no, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. But again, you know, this, this goes back to, uh, they, you know, you could work around it. You can, you can, yeah. you know, you could really ruin someone's day if you wanted to, right? And I'm just like, well, uh, no, just dude, give me your license, registration, proof of insurance. I'd stop your nonsense, right? Finally, gives it up, and he's like, well, uh, you know, uh, this is where like the whole sovereign citizen comes in. There's a thing like uh, in the states called being a sovereign citizen. Well, we have the free right to travel, and we have the free right to you know roam between states and so on and so forth, yada yada, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, 
cool. Yeah, you do. Uh, but driving is a privilege, and you have to be licensed to drive. Uh, you can free roam however you want, whether it be on bike or on foot or however you want to go. But, uh, you know, it, driving is a privilege, and that privilege can be revoked at any point in time. So it's a very nice try. You know, uh, I've been to, uh, in court, in, in court, people have tried to fight me in court, like physically what? altercations, and, I, and I'm just like, it's not going to end well for you, buddy. <laughs> like, please don't do that. Is this just you know? people and you personally gen- booked? Like, or? Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've either given a, 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 a ticket to or a, you know, I've arrested some, like, people try and fight you, and you're just like, uh but then again, like, uh, you know, naturally I'm a very big guy. And I'm like, dude, that's really not going to, you know, benefit you. But then again, like, you also get, like, a lot of kids who are, like, short and, you know, uh, scrawny and everything else like that. And, you know, uh, they put on the shield and they put on the, the, the uniform and all of a sudden now they can fight. Now they can shoot. Now they're, they're, they're the Incredible Hulk or whatever. And I'm just like, Ugh. You know, I'm like the uniform. I, me personally, this doesn't go for everybody. The the, the uniform kind of brings out uh, something in you. I don't know. It, it kind of makes you like a little bit of a dick sometimes. Uh, it doesn't apply to everybody, of course. But you know, I feel like people do join for the very wrong reasons. And then uh, you put that uniform on, and it's like it, it's like, dude. Like uh, you're just like an asshole, bro. <laughs> like like chill the fuck out were you always this way or did the uniform make you that way like i i don't i don't know you you and especially like throughout the years you just become so jaded to like so many different things you're like uh i don't know bro i watched the i mean i bet this was this was an old 70s movie but um serpico i'm sure you're probably familiar with the al pacino movie <sighs> That's actually yeah, Serpico. That's actually based on a very true story yeah. too. Yeah, that's and the craziest thing in the world. That was oh, a real deal kind of thing. I, I wondered, like, I know it's a long time ago, but with what you mentioned earlier about how you see certain things in the job that maybe are not all there, like, would you say modern policing is better or worse when you use that kind of as an example, of like a, a measurement of how things used to be? Um, I don't know that that's you because it does happen. It does happen um, where you're, you're put into like these situations and it's like, these are your make or break situations. I, right. I just to make you a better person. I don't, I don't know. I guess you, you, you find out who you are, I guess is the best way to explain it. Uh, I, 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 or you find out who you are, or where your morals draw, wherever from. Right. Uh, I, I guess it's the right. best way to say it. Uh, you, you, you find out, you know, what you're really about. I, it's, uh, I guess that's the best. I, I don't know, man. That's that's a very tricky way of saying. It. I know it's a heavy. Everybody's question. different. It's a heavy question. You, I, you find out the real you. I guess. You know, because it's so easy to fall down like a rabbit hole with something like, well, I let this slide, so I I could let this slide, or I did this, uh, so I could do it again, or I could do this. It's, 
I don't. That's so man. That's a tough one, dude. <laughs> like, well, let's go good from, on you for that one. <laughs> uh, let's go for a more fun one. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of shows in the states. Like, police, uh, we've got a lot of them as well. Like police dash cam style shows where you know you expose different types of criminals, <laughs> and it could be a lot of fun. I'm wondering with your experiences as a police officer, <laughs> stupidest. Situ- like, as in the stupidest criminal you came across you must have some stories where you just like oh on, i buddy. have i have one where <laughs> it was um i was uh they call it a post you're, you're at a post you're at a, a specific area you're not supposed to leave or this you're not supposed to leave this area or the surrounding area so they call it a post and uh, I'm, I'm i'm in the car and this woman comes up and she just knocks on the window. She's like, ah, excuse me, officer, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? Talk, you know, sure, talk to me. Um, she goes, well, <sighs> there was a guy and um, I went to go buy drugs and uh, I bought the drugs. I gave him the money and uh, he gave me, you know, the, the bag that I thought was supposed to be, you know, crack and it wasn't. It was a bunch of Tic Tacs and I'm just like... <laughs> okay, cool. She's like, and, and I just wanted to make you aware of it. And, and I wanted to know if there's something you could do about it. And I'm like, let me get this straight. You're coming to the police. She goes, yes. And I'm like, you, you went to a purchase illegal drugs. She's like, yes. <laughs> and your drug dealer ripped you off. Right. And she goes, can I just leave? I'm like, yeah, you can just leave. And I'm just like, like that, the clock, the, the gears weren't ticking in your head, you know, like, hey, I went to go buy drugs and I got ripped off. Now, as a person, you, you, you know, you broke that bond between dealer and seller, right? Okay, cool. You broke that bond. All right. I, I get that concept. As a cop, you're coming to, you know, report your illegal activities on somebody else's illegal activities. And I'm just like, did that sit? Like, did you run that conversation through your head, <laughs> right? If not, you know, rewind this and, you know, talk to me later, okay? She's like, can, can I just leave? Like, yeah, you, you can go if you like. It's all right, go. I'm not going to help you with your illegal drug situation. You know, you know, I guess you're asked out of however money, you know, you stole. The other one was um, a guy came up to me and he's like, officer, uh, I want to I wanna bring to your attention something. I'm like, all right, what's up? Uh, he's like, um, the bouncer threw me out of the club. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah, he took my $5, uh, I guess was the entrance fee, and he threw me out and said I can't come in. And, and I'm like, well, and I tried to get my money back. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, where's the club? Well, you, you know the barbershop over there? Yeah, no, I know that. Well, they run an illegal nightclub down there. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right, so now we go. I'm not going to help you get your money back, but, you know, you just sat here and, like, told me, like, somebody... You, but, by the way, were you just sitting there thinking, like, were you just like... Oh, more work. <laughs> He's just, oh, that's, that's X amount of paperwork even, now. <laughs> it's, it's not even that it's like X amount of paperwork. It's just like, do you like think about what you're saying first before you come up to a cop that your illegal nightclub that you're at or the illegal drugs you're trying to purchase and you're trying to like see if the cops can help you with your illegal situation? And I'm like, uh, it's not, uh, no, no, bro. No, that's not how that goes. Jesus. People, man. I've had a lot of funny people. I've had a lot of ones, man. 
um, woman, I, I pulled over a woman one time and uh, it, a lot of funny stories. And she was like speeding. I pulled over. And I'm like, you know, uh, you know, ma'am, is there any particular reason that you're driving above the speed limit? And she starts, she's like, oh, da 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 da, whatever. And her friend was like sitting in the corner. She's like, officer, stop for a second, please. I gotta sit here. And I want to be very honest with you. All right, we just had like uh, these, uh, what was it, like uh, juice smoothies? That's what it was. And it is running right through her, and she's got to take like the biggest shit music like possible, and her stomach's hurting, and that's, and I'm just like. <laughs> all right, you, you made me. You you embarrassed yourself. You made me laugh, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll see you later. Like, you know, have at it. Go for it. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> you know what it is? Like, not every guy's a dick. It's if you can make me laugh, you know, I'll see you later. Like, I'll talk to you later. Provided you had it, you had it right there, man, Regis, guys. You know, if you want to get off crime, just it, make the cop laugh. <laughs> yeah, as, as long as it's not like overly egregious, then you'll be all right. <laughs> and that was the best way to say Re- it. Reaching the, the the dad dad jokes column, no problem. <laughs> dad, dad jokes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. A couple of final oh, questions brother. for you. What's so the biggest you- What's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? you can be the best you that you could be that's it it's and only you be the best you that you could be uh is the best life lesson i ever learned it's you know how are you gonna move on from this situation how are you gonna sit here and deal with this situation well what are you gonna do to achieve your goal and uh, keep in mind that everything has an answer at that exact moment in time not everything's going to have an answer at that moment in time. You're going to find out that answer along the way. But it's literally be the best you that you could be and don't hold anybody else to your standards because you're kind of just going to fail and you're going to be disappointed. And what's the best advice you've ever received? If you want something, go after it. Don't ever be afraid to ask. That's the best. Uh, like I, um, I asked my teacher uh, just recently uh, because uh, the 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 acting uh, teachers that I have are from the shows I want to be on. Oh wow! So okay. I, I recently asked my so uh, I asked my teacher recently. And I was like, hey, you know, I hope I'm not crossing any boundaries, any lines, or whatever it may be. But uh, if if I can. Do you mind uh, introducing me to the casting director or at least introducing me to, uh, you know, your agency, your agent, you know, I was like, I hope I didn't cross any kind of lines or whatever it may be. And the, the one thing he sat here and said was, he's like, first things first, don't ever be afraid to ask for what you want because no one's going to give it to you. You got to ask, you got to put yourself out there and, and ask, you know what I mean? That's so the truth. it's don't be afraid to ask. That's really what it is. You just don't be afraid to ask, you know? As we draw things to a close today, do you have any upcoming projects or final thoughts that you'd like to share? Put yourself out there. That, that's, it, it's, uh, I have a couple projects. I do, uh, I've done a few audio books um, mm. and a few uh, shows. Yeah, the audio books, right? Oh, man, I have a story about an audio book right quick. There was a uh, a book I did. Uh, it was for uh, a religious text, and it was like, a, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like uh, the Queen of the Coast and her evil minions. 
and uh, the the guy was a very religious person, and I had to sit here. And there's nothing wrong with that; it, it doesn't bother me. But what did bother me was that I had to say like in the name of Jesus over two hundred times, and I'm just like, oh man, like it was just pulling teeth, because uh, it was in various ways in different lines of uh, in the name of Jesus, and it was every evil fired. Every evil arrow fired back at me. I fire back at you in the name of Jesus. Every evil intention fired at me. I fire directly back at you in the, in name, the name of Jesus. Of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. In the name of right? Jesus. And I, it, it was over 200 times. And again, it's not knocking anybody. You know, believe whatever you want to believe. You know, that's all fine and dandy. But uh, so long as it's it was just in man. the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're there, like, in the name of Jesus. Right? It was, uh, and that's exactly Jesus. how I said it too. Like, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it was over and over and over. In again. the name of Jesus. And I, I think I drew the. I think after that book, uh, I drew the line at religious texts. So I was like, all right, I'm done, man. But the, the best advice I can give is um, just put yourself out there, man. Just just put yourself out there. Obviously, take the time, the prep time. Uh, take the classes. Take acting classes, man. Take acting classes. God help you take the acting classes. Uh, because even, you know, uh, you can could be the the best actor in the world and even then you know they still talk to coaches and they still talk to actors and classes you know even lebron james still practices you know get out there take the acting classes and just put yourself out there that's the best advice i can ever give anybody just take the classes and put yourself out there you you, you may be naturally talented and good at something yeah that's cool but uh you, you still got to practice, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? You still got to practice. You still got to try. And make sure. That's the, yeah. Make sure you do it all in the name of Jesus. <laughs> as long as it's in the name of Jesus. In the yeah. name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to be stuck Jesus. on that for the next week now. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> by, like, by like the 50th time in, I'd just be like having fun with it. Like, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You start saying it all sorts of weird ways. I can't in the name, name of Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It it was a it was a tough one to get through. I, I made it through it. <laughs> but it was a tough one to get through. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could just sit here now and just say that for the next half an hour in the name of Jesus. Like, I don't know why. It, it just—it's it, like sounds like something you'd hear in like a corny '80s action movie. Like, I'm gonna kick your ass in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the catchphrase, right? In the name of Jesus. In the name right? of Jesus. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Uh, uh, all right, brother, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's have some decorum right, it's, here. It's been an uh, absolute pleasure. It has been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much for appearing on the show. It's been a, it's been a blast. You're always well, thank welcome. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank, thank you. you. Know, uh, it's, it's been fun. <laughs> it's, been, it's been fun. Yeah. That's, that's what I always want it to be, man. Fun. And thank you so much for making it fun. And everybody, make sure you go check out Jonathan online. He's an amazing voice actor. Really, really just incredible. His craft. A real, just, yeah, real inspiration. Um, keep doing what you're doing, you're, man. You're too... 
You were too kind. Uh, you were too kind. Oh, I mean it, Thank you so I mean much. it. I appreciate you. You know, I see what you're doing you know, in the name, in of, the Jesus. name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. It's uh, honestly. Keep it up. Keep it up. And uh, to all the listeners all right, of the Christian Reed podcast, make sure... Uh, <laughs> to let me know in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much. We, 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 hey, listen, we, we, we end the way we started laughing. I think that's a testament to, to today's show. That, it's been, it's been a you have to, man. It, it's, <laughs> it, it really is. I appreciate you, brother, man. Thank you so much for having me again. All right. It's been an honor as always. And thank you, everybody, to listening to the Christian Reef podcast. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.